Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Two, 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 two. Did you, America? Oh, hello. Welcome to another Did You America? He's Jeremy. I'm Ian Canfield. This is season two, episode... Way too many to count. And uh, didyouamerica.com is where we hang out. I'd like to remind you of that at the start of every podcast. If, you've, uh, if you're a newcomer, welcome. All of our old work is online there. That's also where you can vote for Song of the Week or send us any messages regarding anything we discuss on this podcast or anything you think we should be discussing. You can also get uh, one of our lovely t-shirts there as well. Didyouamerica.com, the place to go to for all of that stuff. Um, let's start today's podcast with a little bit of local news. There are elections happening right now, and the North Texas congressional candidate, Susan Wright, has been in contact with the FBI after a robocall that was being placed to the people in the great state of Texas over the past few days, a robocall which suggested that candidate Susan Wright murdered her husband. Whoa, did she? Was it in the voice of Joe Exotic? (laughs) That's great. I mean, like, screw putting out a political ad. I'm just going straight to a robocall, which already people hate, and then they're going to get some crazy news on that robocall. It shows you where we are in the world that, um, I mean, I I, I don't think there's been any um, update regarding tracking down who uh, facilitated these robocalls, but it's either someone who really doesn't like her or one of her opponents. But you imagine the meeting, let's say it was one of the opponents, where they go, all right, okay, we're running uh, for Congress, and um, Susan Wright, she she looks like uh, she's she's got a good chance of winning um, because her late husband was Ron Wright, right, who apparently died of cancer. So the, the, the claim that she murdered him, that's what that's to do with. Okay. So imagine they're having this meeting and they go, all right, well, you know, we need to throw some money into this. How are we doing with donors? Mm, not so well. Can we afford TV? Absolutely out of the question. What about a viral online campaign? Yeah, I spoke to a few people that, you know, everyone's doing them now. They're, uh, they're pretty expensive as well. How much does it cost to uh, fix a robocall? Have you seen Tiger King? Do you think this would work for us? I know Joe Exotic hasn't been allowed out of jail yet, despite all of his pleas, and Carol Baskin is still wandering free. But what about if we tried it? Well, I think we're just, you know, we're assuming that the robocalls hurt her election chances. I just Googled what happened. She's in a, she's now in a runoff with the person she was going up against. But, I, you know, who knows what was happening before that? Maybe the people in her district wanted to elect a murderer. Maybe it helped her out. Maybe that was her grabbing by the pussy. <laughs> <laughs> she sat around the table and went, look, 
if I want to be sure of winning and we need some extra uh, campaign behind us because we've spent all of the campaign money, what about this as a robocall? You could always say that I murdered my husband. I mean, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Is it any worse than grabbing by the pussy? Well, here's the thing. Is, you know, I'm assuming now that her opponent is a man. I'm sure that man was going after her saying things like, she's going to be weak. She's a woman. How can you elect her? She's like, oh, you want to see weak. I'll show you just how tough I really am. I murdered my husband. <laughs> Vote for me. Yeah, remember, everything goes in a cycle, and Tiger King was about a year ago now, so maybe it's time to, you know, make more people famous right. for, for, <laughs> casting, for casting some aspersions that they may have killed their <laughs> spouse. Uh, so, yeah, that was going on. You know, it was funny. I was around some people on Friday when this story broke, and um, uh, one of the people went... Oh my God, I've just had that call on my phone. Oh my God, it was like the worst thing ever. And I thought, this is the most bizarre reaction. I'm thinking, you know, every time I get a call and it tells me the IRS are coming to kill me or I've got to give my car back because I haven't like kept up with the loans or whatever, the, you know, whatever the normal robocalls are. If I got a call that said so-and-so killed their husband, I'd at least be interested. Stop being so offended <laughs> by this. I mean, the real question is who are the psychopaths who are actually picking up the random number calls or the ones that pop up on your iPhone as spam risk? Right. Who are those crazy people that listen to more than five seconds once they realize it's a robocall to get the point where it's like Susan Wright murdered her husband. Third, third theory is this someone who's actually nothing to do with politics because they now know that no one picks up their phone. So they thought, hey, if we put out a robocall about some politician killing our husband, it's going to be like, oh, I'm in the club. I got that call. I got that call. <laughs> and suddenly everyone's answering their calls to spam calls because they want to hear the uh, Susan Wright murdered her husband uh, robocall. But in actual fact, it means for the first time in ages, they're actually listening to the other spam calls that these people are putting out. At the very end, it's like, buy McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. So, I mean, I thought it was worth mentioning. I think uh, we we don't know the um, we don't know the situation, and obviously, it's been uh, quite distressing for Susan Wright. But I think we can agree that uh, it, it, whichever way you spin it, someone's doing some good marketing. Vote for her. <laughs> it's National Paranormal Day today. Eighty percent of Americans believe in ghosts. Jeremy's in the other twenty percent. Oh, for sure. Yeah, ghosts are bullshit. Mm-hmm. I think ghosts are kind of like in the same realm as, uh, what is it, like aliens, psychics, like anything paranormal or supernatural. Sometimes things just happen without an explanation. Mm. Yeah, I would go with that. I'm, I, I have an open mind regarding ghosts. We've discussed on this podcast before, I've got no time for psychics and, and, and the like. I think they exist just to, well... They're kind of grief counselors in some cases, and in a lot of cases, they're, they're just out to get people's money by telling them the, the bleeding obvious based on body language and but, stuff like that. But don't psychics and ghosts kind of go hand in hand? Well, it, uh, in some cases, yes. Um, but my point is, is that so someone who claims that they can contact the dead or sense your dead grandma walking around your kitchen because she's angry about the way that you're baking bread or whatever it is. It's not up to her standard, you know, right. you know, whatever it happens to be. That kind of thing, I think, is BS. Um, the idea as to whether there are ghosts that exist, I don't know. I've always been of the opinion of I don't see why we down here living this life should be the only thing that's going on, whether there's life on other planets or an afterlife. So I'm open to it 
in that sense that there might be some other stuff. Okay. Um, and so some people that claim that they've seen ghosts, I like to sort of hear those stories, but that's where I draw the line at the people that claim that they can walk into your house and get rid of a nuisance ghost, or they can sit with you and summon, you know, your dead granddad to see what messages he's got to give give you. That kind of thing, I think, is BS. All right, I can uh, I can kind of get with you on that. I I kind of think of it more as I understand if the energy of something is off but doesn't necessarily mean that that's my dead dad like poking me from behind like hey I'm here you well, know I've got I mean? I've got friends of mine that would walk into my front room and tell me the energy's off because the fucking sofa's in the wrong place right that's called <laughs> yeah. ergonomics right right, right? some so, feng shui is yeah, needed <laughs> right I think there's a big difference between I mean I, I, although to be fair I would take more seriously someone who walked into my front room and went oh my God, the energy's off in this place. And I'd be like, oh, shut up if you're going to tell me that this is, I'm being haunted by a ghost of Dallas past. And then they go, no, 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 no. You just need to move your TV slightly. Right, either that or jam these crystals up your butt. <laughs> well, yeah, right. That's another thing whereby, yeah, they've all, I was watching a thing about uh, fraudulent psychics and those kind of things on the, I think it was A&E the other week. Um, and there were, the, the, these are the people that really like fraud people out of thousands and thousands of right. dollars. And um, they were, uh, you know, talking about the fact that every t- if they get someone who's got money that goes to see these kind of psychics, they're always trying to upsell them to something else. So if they've got someone and they buy into the idea that they're going to get rid of this nuisance ghost or contact their nan or whatever it is, the next time they go back, they go, okay, we'll take these crystals. And these crystals <laughs> are like five, you know, we, it will only, uh, it'll only work if you take these crystals home. And they're basically, you know, they, they basically start to accessorize their psychic. <laughs> right readings at great cost to the person who buys into all the BS and then these people are on the TV suddenly going and oh my god before I knew it we were six months in and I'd spent $180,000 and what and things were still going bump in the night see now after explaining all of that and believing that to be true how can you then go and say but ghosts ghosts might be true no again I, because I don't that just is my rationale of I, I, I say the, the, I don't see why we should be the only right. living okay. thing. Universe is big enough. Right, and we and we uh, right, and, and, and we don't know enough about it. So I, I don't buy into there's people down here that have got this sixth sense that can do all that other stuff. But I don't see why, you know, there wouldn't be something else. And you know, we don't. You, you, who knows what happens when you're dead? You don't know until you right, get there. Right. You know, I tell you one thing, and I just keep on saying this to put it out there. Uh, some people that have got this theory about guardian angels, like the good ghosts that are around, don't no one ever make me one of them. Because if there is an afterlife, right, I want to be having a sit down. Don't be bothering me to come back here and sort out your shit. Sort it out yourself. Make good life choices and don't... Co- like these people that go, yeah, that's so-and-so. She's my guardian angel, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. I don't want to be anyone's guardian angel. I don't want to be bothered, right? <laughs> I mean, my stance on people here on Earth is I've met people and I don't think I like them. Right. So if I go to another place and there's some sort of afterlife, don't be summoning me back down here to spend more time with people. No, death should be like an awesome nap. 
nap. It's, you know? Right, it's the ultimate lie down. Well, if ghosts are real, we now know you would not be a Casper-friendly ghost type of ghost. You would be the asshole ghost that's like haunting the hell out of people, like, stop bothering me. But even that sounds like too much effort, right? There might be a few people that I want to come back and freak out because they're assholes and they deserve it, but actually I'd be like, nah, I'm up here now. I don't want to go down there. I mean, look at me now. We're living in America, I don't even want to be bothered going back to England. Imagine if you have to travel through different dimensions. <laughs> Think of the journey time. I don't know. As someone who has thrown multiple children down wells, I've never had any incidents <laughs> with ghosts. So there is a, a ghost uh, story that's in my family background. And I, I didn't know this until after they passed away. And, and they were only alive when I was a very little kid. So I've got kind of very vague memories of my great aunt and uncle. But I found out later through stories that my nan and granddad would tell that my great aunt and uncle were spiritualists, right? So I can't remember who was related to who, but it's either the brother or sister of my nan or granddad, right? Okay. Um, so, and they used to live in a different part of Essex. I remember being a little kid and going to their house and I, but I, I obviously I would have been too young to taking any kind of spiritualist stuff because I wouldn't have understood it. You walked in and you're like, the energy here seems off. <laughs> I think it was because their TV was still black and white. <laughs> um, I, um, but when, when, I, when I grew older, before my nan and granddad passed away, they used to talk about um, Fred and Glad, their, name, their names were. And, uh, and every so often my nan would go, oh, well, do you remember Fred and Glad? Because they were spiritualists. So it turned out that my great aunt and uncle in the 50s and 60s, I guess, um, were the type of people that I've just been trashing <laughs> that claimed that if you've got a problem ghost at your house, they can sort it out, they can contact, you know, X, Y, and Z. They were the good kind, though. I have no idea, but I know this. My nan and granddad, right, were the type of people who would be the most skeptical about these kind of things. I mean, to put it into perspective, if you've enjoyed any of the stories about my dad on this podcast, this nan and granddad, they're his mum and dad. So he came from them. Right. right? So that's where the crazy's coming from. <laughs> right. <Okay. laughs> but they were the kind of people, as I remember my nan and granddad, that wouldn't have had it kind of, uh, you know, believed in ghosts and psychics and all that kind of thing. But they always did tell this story about one time they went to look after my great aunt and uncle's house while great aunt and uncle were on vacation, right, right for like a week. And they both tell these stories about in the night, things going bang in the closet and taps that started running and this, this kind of thing, right? Now, my, as I said, my nan and granddad, two just exceedingly blue collar and just like, you know, leading very simple lives to imagine these things or buy into all this kind of stuff uh, uh, unless it was actually happening. So I got to think that there was something weird about what was going on in that house. This is not like a bunch of people smoking weed or taking mushrooms going to a house that's meant to be haunted you know, these are two people probably middle-aged by that point staying at their relative's house thinking that what those relatives preach about spirituality is all BS. Right. 
But then I, uh, when I got older and my nana granddad passed away before I arrived at this theory, I was thinking to myself, well, I think we're talking like 1960s England at this point. So obviously we're pre, 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 pre internet and everything's, you know, probably local newspapers and stuff like that. Think about the lines of communication during that time. And everyone knew everyone else, like families were tight knit communities. No one ever moved very far from where they grew up and all yeah. that kind of stuff. It was all very tribal in that sense. So if you were spiritualists charging people whatever the 1960s England equivalent was of, I don't know, 20 bucks to get a spiritualist reading, do you think when your brother and his wife came to stay at the house for a week, you might basically set it up to make them believe that the spirits were there because then your brother <laughs> and his wife off the back of that in that tightly knit 1960s community would say to everyone they know, oh my God, we stayed at Fred and Glad's house and there was things going bang in the closet and there was this and there was that. Did they just set it up somehow so this stuff was happening so then all of the locals were like, oh my God, they are actually spiritualists. <laughs> the spirits live there. Your great aunt and uncle were essentially the greatest camp counselors ever because, like, when I went to camp as a kid, that's what they would always do. You know, they'd tell you a scary ghost story, and then they'd have someone hide in the back of the woods and run out at the exact moment. They were just essentially doing that to adults. I'm just wondering if that was the thing, that that was... That Genius. Th thinking about what people would have been like back in the day and how word would have spread and how you would have marketed a business like that, right? It's a real blue-collar area. Most people are probably not buying into the idea that you know they can contact Mildred from the 1920s <laughs> and then suddenly my nan goes oh my god I can't ever stay there again like there was something in the bathroom and the tap wouldn't turn off well nowadays someone would just google like mm, actually that person died in the hospital so it'd be impossible for their ghost to be here in the house but like <laughs> back then pre-internet they just had to believe like clearly there are ghosts here so we have to move out of right this and, and, and they were like you know a good 40 50 years away from all the ghost hunter TV shows they couldn't get a TV career out of it by then they just had to get like it was word of mouth during that story you threw in the caveat that uh these weren't people who were getting high or taking mushrooms in the house like clearly it was something else causing them to feel or see ghosts mm. i was gonna tell a story how i had a friend growing up who firmly believed that his house was haunted and had all these crazy stories but then i realized that in that house people were just getting high and taking much right yeah so. and that kind of thing would happen all the time and probably you're in you're in that state of mind you want to believe in it but my nana granddad definitely weren't of that line of thought and i do remember she used to tell this story all the time because they would never go back there again and they were talking about it years and years and years later now had i had the wherewithal that i feel like i've got now with the benefit of hindsight when my nan was telling me the story of things going bump in the closet for like the 25th time during my life i would have said nan fred and glad are dead now you can stop telling the story they don't need the business right? <laughs> grandma <laughs> you, stop you, eating those mushrooms you were brilliant at marketing them when uh, when they were alive because of the way that they booby trapped their house for the week that you stayed in it but now no bother do you know how people get attention now they set up robo calls saying that so and so killed her husband that's the new <laughs> marketing well think of how happy she would be about it now because now this story has been shared on this podcast to at least 16 people <laughs> um talking of um, my family there's some dad news 
Oh, yes, my favorite. When we're um, on Westwood One and we've got a budget, there's going to be all kinds of jingles, I think, for this, for like little sounders that we yeah, could we'll have. Yeah, need for something when... for your dad, for sure. So, um... It's like a... Yeah, this, uh, this story starts a little serious, but then it just becomes, oh, only my dad would deal with it like this. Oh, let's get it. So... My dad discovered about a week uh, or so ago that he has extremely high blood pressure, right? He went for, um, I guess he was getting his COVID jab at the doctor, and so they did the blood pressure, you know, okay. for, um, and um, I don't know, I can't remember what, like, the safe blood pressure is, but his was way, 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 way high to the point that the doctor called up afterwards and said, you have blood pressure that's this high, you could be in a situation where you don't feel it coming, but from out of nowhere, you have a massive heart attack or a stroke. Like, it's dangerous. We need to bring it down. We need to bring it down today, right? right? As in, I'm gonna, there's pills for it, so don't be overly alarmed, but I'm doing a prescription, and you go get those pills now right. and start taking start them from tonight, right? So, serious part of the story over. Oh, thank God. My dad goes back to the dentist after being on the pills for a few days. The, 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 the dentist, the doctor, sorry. Goes back to the so doctor. Who's after. prescribing these pills? <laughs> All right, don't get excited. Suddenly Jeremy wants a trip to I'm the UK. I'm going to England, yeah. This is why their teeth are jacked <laughs> Hey, up. there's ghosts in the closet. <laughs> the dentist is giving you pills for blood pressure. Let's do it. <laughs> um... Goes back to the doctors, and uh, now bearing in mind, this is, um, you know, the uh, NHS, they're overrun with uh, all of the COVID stuff. Loads of things are still closed in England that, you know, they're still having a bad time. Uh, in walks, you know, 70-year-old man who the doctors have just done a great service to because they called up and went, your blood pressure might kill you any day now unless you bring it down with, don't worry, getting you the tablets, blah, 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 blah. So the first thing he tells me is when he goes back for his next reading after having been on these tablets for a few days, the woman at the reception desk is going through some notes with him before he goes to the doctor, and she says to him... Um, just out of interest, looking at your records, um, you don't come to the doctors very often. And, you know, you're 70 now. You're probably of an age where you should have more regular checkups. Is there any reason why you don't go to the doctors? And he says, I'm getting all this from him on FaceTime at the weekend. His reply was, yeah, I think they're all rubbish. I don't, I don't trust any. I'm like, you said what? I think you all are crazy witch people and I won't hear a word of it. You did, did, did. Like they need to hear that from Mr. 70-year-old with exceedingly high blood pressure whose life they just stepped right. in to save. Like, what? what? Meanwhile, like, what is he, you know, who is he to assume that, like, they're all Right, they're all yeah, 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 everyone at this surgery is shit. Like, what, what, who? That school you went to? Bullshit. Right, literally. That training you had? Bullshit. Right. That surgery you just came out of? Bullshit. Right, 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 right. Because without them, you would have known that your blood pressure was such that you could have had a heart attack tomorrow or today. <laughs> you know what? Once again, I find myself agreeing with your dad because the last time I went to the doctor, they were like, this is shocking, sure, sir, but you are completely fine. And look at me. Nothing about me says completely fine. <laughs> you Did you say some? Fine. I look like a fat Walter Becker. I said, like, you're really not going to prescribe me anything. <laughs> They probably just thought that you have enough meds at home. <laughs> like your eyes are bloodshot red, sir. So, okay. He's gone back to the doctors, told them they're all trash. 
right? As one does. <laughs> as one does, <laughs> as they're saving his life in theory, right? So then, of course, um, he's... Um, He's starting to monitor his own blood pressure. He's bought some piece of kit from Amazon, and but the you know the rates is good. The the, the blood blood pressure rates going down. So the tablets prescribed by the crap doctors are, are doing pretty Seems good. Apparently, doing apparently yeah, they seem to be doing their job. Funny That's that. Not it. <laughs> <laughs> so then I speak to my sister. So a few days later, he goes to my sister's house. Now. This is, and I understand the blood pressure thing. I mean, I was concerned about it as well. But this is several days past the shock of being told what he was told, getting the blood pressure down, taking the tablets. It's all, it, it, and it's still not where it needs to be, but it's, 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 it's way, way out of the... It's not life-threatening. Yeah, 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 right yeah. Now, We're right. almost back in the, the safety zone to you okay. have regular blood pressure. So my sister says... All he spent the afternoon doing was basically being overly morbid about all of the things that need to be done because he might drop dead at any point now, <laughs> right? Just putting the pain on everyone else but him. So these things included the fact that um, he's redone his will. <laughs> um, he'd written out with pen and paper a list of where all of his bank accounts are and how to access them in case my sister like needs to deal with his money after he's gone he's very overly concerned that if i don't stay in america long term what am i gonna do and this was very interesting to me because he had an idea of this now Remember on this podcast a while ago, we discussed the fact that even though my dad lives by himself in a three-bedroom house, right. he didn't want me staying at that house for a week over Christmas if I went back to yeah, see my family for the holidays, right? Because normally I stay at my sister's house, but she was having a lot of renovations done, so it would have made sense if I'd have gone back to stay at my dad's house uh, it turned out I didn't go back because of COVID, so right. you couldn't travel last Christmas. But even though he hadn't seen me in the flesh for two years, he basically said to me in about August of last year, oh, probably best that you don't plan on coming back for this Christmas because of the COVID. <laughs> but what he actually meant was probably best you don't plan on coming back for Christmas because I don't want you staying with me in my three-bedroom house in, in which I live alone for a week, right? <laughs> Bear that in mind. Part of, his, uh, part of his plans for if he suddenly drops dead tomorrow, he says to my sister, well, you know, I guess uh, if it doesn't work out for Ian in America long term and he has to come back, um, he can, uh, you know, I'll leave you the house and he can move back into my house and he'll just have to buy you out of your share of the house. <laughs> like he worked all this out he's, to this extent. Not only that, like he's giving your sister the business deal. What the hell? Why don't you get the deal? Because uh, my sister's saying to me, yeah, you won't believe this. And I went... All right, well, first of all, what I take from that is I'm allowed to stay in the house as long as he's dead. <laughs> yeah, and even then, you have to pay for it. Because I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't allowed to stay there for a week at Christmas. <laughs> I feel like the only thing that could have made this uh, very morbid conversation more like your dad. We haven't even got to the best bit yet. Is if he turned at the end to it to your niece and said, and by the way, happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Back to my will. 
<laughs> you say that. <laughs> it was my brother-in-law's birthday. Oh my no, I don't know. What, no, no, hang on. It, it was his birthday on on uh, Sunday, so I don't know what. No, Saturday his birthday was. So I don't know on which day this because I spoke to my sister yesterday. So actually, this could have been happening around his son-in-law's birthday. He ruined someone's day. I can imagine. And and when my dad's got something on his mind. He has to get it off his mind. Like, it, 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 he's got no filter. I can literally imagine him going to my sister's house and there being, uh, you know, birthday celebrations for my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law probably doesn't care about his birthday, but he's got three little kids that certainly do, right. you know, when kids hijack your uh, adults' birthdays. I can imagine my dad, he's probably got about a 10-minute clock before he needed to get into, this is where my bank accounts are, this is what my will says, here's how Ian's going to have to buy you out of the house, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and probably like 10 minutes of, of his grandchildren running around celebrating their dad's birthday. I can literally imagine like the cake coming out with the candles and it gets to 10 minutes and my dad can't take anymore. My dad blowing out his son-in-law's candles just so he can get to the, okay, can we talk about my will? And my sister going, Jesus. Jesus Christ, Dad, this ain't doing your blood pressure any good. Right, yeah, it's not helping. <laughs> I, I don't think that happened, but did you see how, did you notice how easily I got that image yeah, in my no, head? That's as like... exactly what happened. <laughs> he literally blew his son-in-law's candles out. <laughs> We've enough, all been there. enough of this birthday, we need to get to talking about my will. <laughs> so anyway, this is... Through the, the cake, I'm dying. <laughs> Oh, and by the way, happy birthday. <laughs> Back to me dying. So these were this was his point of order. This is this is might be this might be the best bit, right? So um redone the will. Here's how you get to all my bank accounts. This is what's going to happen if Ian ever moves back. You do this, blah, 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 blah. They were like one, two, and three. Do you know what the fourth item was? What? Here's how to turn the hot water off at my house. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like I will not be billed for this at death. Right? <laughs> seriously. What would happen? What would happen if the water, hot water, was not turned off? Right. Also. Why has he not updated to a system to where he doesn't have to turn off the hot water that, manually? That also was my takeaway. I said to my sister, who? I said, you turn on the tap and hot water comes out. Right. Who, who's, what, 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 what age is he living in? <laughs> Your dad's the best. I, if he was American, I would have all, he would have already been elected president like nine times. He is the epitome of man. One other thing. Not relating to his uh, blood pressure, but this also, this is kind of like along the lines of the hot water. So those renovations that my sister's had at her house, you know, a couple of new bedrooms, new bathroom, all that kind of thing. Right. Uh, I haven't been back there to physically see it, but I've seen it on FaceTime. I mean, it's a, it was six months of work, so you they're can imagine. Um, th yeah, there's still stuff that needs to be done, but the, the structure of it nice. is done. Yeah, yeah. And it looks, it looks amazing. Of course, my dad can't really appreciate the level of amazing. Most people would go into this amazing new kitchen and look at the appliances or the workspace or, you know, talk about how huge the living space looks now. The wall was knocked down and it's kind of, you know, open plan living space, kitchen, you know, whatever. 
maybe even like the tiling in the bathrooms. I don't know any right. anything. Like as I said, think about the 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 level of upgrade that you have when builders have been in your house for six months. It's a lot, right? There should be something there to compliment. You know what his issue is? What in the new bathroom? She has got a switch that turns on a light and an extractor fan, right? And when you switch it off, once you've used the bathroom, the light switch goes off, but it's set so that the extractor fan stays on for an extra minute because sometimes people make a stink in the bathroom, right? You need a little bit more fan than light. His takeaway from six months of renovations is... Well, you sure you want it wired like that? The fan's still on, the fan's still on, the fan's still on. And she said, he literally, because it's the downstairs bathroom, he will use the downstairs bathroom, go back into the living room and sit on the sofa and keep looking at his watch going, the fan's still on, the fan's still on, the fan's still on. (laughs) You know this is only going to lead to the next time there's a family gathering for them. They're going to assume that they're going to do it at your sister's house with these nice new renovations and play space and your dad never wanting people at his house. He's going to be like, no, no, I think you guys should just come here because, you know, the whole fan bathroom thing just doesn't work for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's like his fifth thing. He's blood pressure that could have killed him from a stroke or a heart attack without warning at any point. The five priorities. One, will. Two, here's how you access where my money is in bank accounts. Three, here's the structure I recommend for you taking over my house, which Ian can live in as long as I'm dead, but can't come and stay for a week while I'm alive. Four, here's how to turn my hot water off. Five, you really should sort out that fan. (laughs) I feel like the hot water thing is like the old school version of clear my browser history. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we have much more to talk about and also new songs of the week. Let's update you on last week's song of the week. Uh, Jeremy had Black Gold by Flying Lotus and Thundercat. That got 15% of the vote. Uh, Wolf Alice, uh, their song Smile, chosen by New York producer, 39% of the vote. And I chose Weezer. I need some of that. Well done, Weezer, winning song of the week with 46 six percent of the vote we have three new choices for you to vote for across the next seven days and we will tell you what those new choices are in part two of did you america which is next all right, let's do part two of Did You America. The website for this podcast is didyouamerica.com. That's where you can hear our old episodes or write to the show if you want to uh, correspond with anything we've been discussing or uh, tell us anything we should be discussing. You can get our Did You America t-shirts and also vote for Song of the Week, didyouamerica.com, the place to go to for that. I'll also have a poll for Song of the Week on my Twitter. I'm Ian Camfield there. Uh, here come the three new choices for the next seven days i am going with choker the new one by 21 pilots this week i have chosen nobles the new song by the alchemist featuring earl sweatshirt and navy blue and a new york producer going with oblivion by royal blood they are your three choices oblivion by royal blood nobles by the alchemist featuring earl sweatshirt and navy blue or choker by 21 pilots that's it you just looked at me as if I did something wrong there. <laughs> I looked at you as if I would normally look at you. No, you, you assumed my looks. You that look made me feel like I'd said something terrible. No, you did. You said something completely wrong. Cancel everything. 
<laughs> All right, Choker 21 Pilots, Nobles by The Alchemist featuring Al Sweatshirt and Navy Blue, Oblivion by Royal Blood. Anything wrong with any of that? No, you got All it. All right, fine. Um, <laughs> DidYouAmerica.com if you want to vote on the website. Uh, check out my Twitter, at Ian Canfield, and uh, there will be a poll there. Thank you for voting. Thank you for reaching out. Uh, regarding uh, all the stuff that uh, we discuss on this show. Hey, uh, there are some uh, follow-up stories from things that we uh, have discussed in prior weeks. First of all, well done, Jeremy. Your theory about Lady Gaga's dogs, which were stolen but then found, your theory about the discovery of Lady Gaga's dogs being an inside job from the people that stole them in the first place was proved to be correct. Might I say, first of all, Kobe, your boy nailed that shit. Second of all, most obvious case possible, I mean, clearly that lady was inside. She just happened to come across these dogs tied up after this big, scary, eventful case. Third of all, does she get to keep the money? Did they find out before she got the money? Wasn't yeah, there a reward? There was, the, there was a huge reward because the, the people that stole Gaga's dogs... Um, didn't they shoot the dog walker? Yeah. Right. So he was, he's fine now, but he had to go to hospital because he was in a bad way. Um, and then there was a huge, um, uh, reward that this lady claimed. And you basically said, she smolletted this, right? She's <laughs> yeah. just, he smolletted this situation. Something was fishy. Yeah. I, I mean, look, maybe it's another one of those things that we have spoken into existence. Maybe it wasn't actually that the case until we said it and the universe made it the case because we have those type of powers. Right. All I'm saying is it was kind of obvious that clearly this lady was in on the trick. So the, uh, the, the, the people that kidnapped the dogs hired the lady to be their hero, right? Um, and she returned the dogs because they wanted the uh, half a million dollars reward. It was, it, it, it was 500 grand. So again, completely Jesse Smollett. Like you went out and hired people <laughs> to do... I mean, like you... Did, did you not watch that case and think, okay, like, yeah. Why? I mean, not only that, I feel like there's been movies about situations like this. It never works. You can't possibly, it's, it's, that's the modern version of the kidnapping with the ransom note. Right. You know, it looks real good in the movies, but it's never going to work in real the life. The other thing that I wonder about this was, um, it's been claimed that they had no idea that it, they were Lady Gaga's dogs. Um, they were just a very, very valuable breed of dogs. So I guess that the people, that the, the thieves were aged um, between 18 and 27. So they were people that were just stealing valuable dogs with the intent to sell them on. And then they got Gargod? <laughs> right. But Her I, new game show. That's a great idea. I'm telling you, a million pitch, dollars. Pitch that. You got Gargod. <laughs> Where she and sneaks then, up and, and, on people who are trying to steal her dogs. <laughs> it happens every week. <laughs> and then at the end of every episode, there's a disclaimer that says, no dogs were hurt during the making of this TV show. But her assistant was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember at the time, all of the attention was on the dogs. There was a, the, the shock and outrage about the assistant being shot was very short-lived, I seem to remember, Do right? Do you think he's back to walking the dogs? Well, at the time... Um, I was wondering if this was a great job in showbiz because I wonder how much being Lady Gaga's dog walker pays because I've got friends that are assistants to famous people, right? And they don't necessarily earn a lot of money, but they live the lifestyle of the star they're assisting 
while they're assisting them. So if you're dealing with someone who's going on tour or you're dealing with an actor or an actress who's on set, whatever it happens to be, you basically travel like they do first class. You stay where they do the nicest hotels. One of my friends has to have an an adjoining suite to the person that she looks after because that person is so needy. They have to have someone literally on the other side of the of the door. But I mean, to some extent, that's great because you can imagine those 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 suites are great. So my point is. If you are an assistant to someone famous, although your annual salary might not be that that great, because you kind of live that A-lister lifestyle vicariously through through the person that you're assisting, which is great. Except that in a lot of cases, those A-list stars are batshit crazy and the most demanding people ever. If you're walking the dogs, you ain't got to deal with the batshit crazy. So do you also get to vicariously live the lifestyle? Because if I didn't have a dog fear, I'm not saying Lady Gaga's crazy, but let's say you were, you were dealing with a star who was just, you know, insane and completely unreasonable with demands. If you were kind of around the house doing stuff, you just had to look after the dogs and not deal with the actual talent. That sounds quite like a good job to me. So I don't think Dog Walker, like, I wouldn't put it towards personal assistant where they're on the road with the star doing things with them at all times i'd put it more towards like the housekeeper side of the job you know they're not getting all the benefits but you know it's a good pay for right probably work you know they're probably getting paid more than the job normally would right be. and also they get a lot of time in this huge mansion that's the best part of being a celebrity dog walker because if they need a dog walker that probably means they're not home a lot which means the times you're walking the dog free reign of the house that yeah flat screen tvs studio space i'm sure lady gaga has like a crazy shower in there you can clean up a bit or have sex in i've if i was lady gaga's dog walker i would jerk off in every single one of her rooms <laughs> oh there would not be a single room not <laughs> right and that, that is why you would never be lady gaga's dog walker. you don't know that but so i this is what i mean is being a i didn't know that being a dog walker for celebrities was a job and uh it it might be the best job in the world because well, I, I, I other than getting shot it was a one-off. Again, you don't know that. This is just the ones we hear about. I'm sure dog walkers are getting shot all over LA. The other thing about, about this that I found quite surprising was that, as I said, uh, they're claiming that they had no idea they were Lady Gaga's dogs, that she just has a very expensive breed of dogs, so therefore they could make money from selling those dogs uh, on. But I feel like when you look at Lady Gaga, do you not think she would absolutely be the type of person that would have those dogs dressed up in the most ridiculous fashion? <laughs> I mean, exactly I, like I, her. I, I like I feel like if I was walking down Hollywood Boulevard or wherever, say this story never happened, uh, so there wasn't attention on Lady Gaga's dogs, but I saw someone coming towards me with a couple of dogs, and I would go, "Oh, they're probably Lady Gaga's dogs, right?" I feel you like you wouldn't say probably; you'd say those are definitely Lady Gaga. Exactly. Dogs. So I, I find that kind of like—I mean, how dumb were these people? I bet you could recognize Lady Gaga's dogs from two hundred paces for sure, right? You know. Um, so yeah, I do wonder if it—if um, that might be the the best job in the world. Because I tell you this. From some of the stories I know from my friends who've been assistants to A-list people, a request of, could you walk my dogs, is the most reasonable thing out of the list (laughs) of, like, crazy things they've been asked to do, you know? (laughs) Um, Here's something else that we need to follow up on, and I think we we definitely can take credit for this in terms of it being um, our psychic powers. 
<sighs> Cannibal Corpse back in the news. What? Yeah. Again? I mean... We are making their entire career. We kind of are. Because I was... Uh, what did we discuss first of all? The Cannibal Corpse potential workout regime. Right, the guy with the neck. Right. The guy who's got the fat neck said that he's constantly being asked um, if he... Uh, how you get a neck that fat and it looks great and that he's got more attention on him for how fit or fat his neck is as opposed to Cannibal Corpse. He was then in the news about a week later talking about his uh, superpower is winning at the claw machine. Right, yeah, and he's that, very good at those. And that he makes a lot of donations to children's charities from all of the toys that he wins out of the claw machines. Right. Very not Cannibal Corpse. But then suddenly, to put everything on track as it should be back in a Cannibal Corpse world, one of their now ex-members, and he only became an ex-member because he got into trouble for doing this, was basically sentenced... Uh, after he was arrested for attempted robbery at a neighbor's house where he lunged at a cop with a dagger while his house, which was a few houses down, I think on the same street, was on fire. And this guy, it seemed, was heavily hallucinating while lunging at a cop with a knife, probably not aware that it appeared that he was trying to burgle his neighbor's house because at the time he was screaming, the rapture is coming. Boom. Law and order. Now our podcast is doing the work of the justice system. <laughs> That's a TNT series if I've ever heard one. Well, I mean, it, I, I wonder if uh, there will be a contingency of Cannibal Corpse fans. His name's Pat O'Brien, who are going, what? good on you, Pat O'Brien. This is the Cannibal Corpse that we won. <laughs> We're really, it's going to be like, you know, back in the day when people thought that Ozzy was this crazy devil worshiper who bit the head off bats and he was, you know, uh, uh, just a, a menace to society. And then suddenly he made that song with Miss Piggy and Black Sabbath fans went, oh my God. <laughs> I, I just imagine right now Pat O'Brien sitting in a jail cell just thinking, and I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for that damn Did You America podcast. <laughs> I, I, I do. I mean, this to me seems more. This is old school cannibal corpse, right? right? Yeah. We're, this is what got them there. We're burning our own house down, fleeing in such an irrational manner because we're high on something. It seems like we're trying to rob our neighbor's house and lunging at people with knives. This is cannibal corpse. Meanwhile, the current guitarist is talking about winning at the claw machine. Right, with his neck workout routines. Get out of here. I wonder if, uh, so the guy, I'm just trying to see what he got in terms of... Uh, what so he got is a less thick neck. I looked him <laughs> up. Still a very thick neck, but not as thick as the current. Well, no, because this happened in 2018 at which time I'm assuming he got kicked out of Cannibal Corpse because obviously he had some issues. So he's not been doing the Cannibal Corpse workout for three years. This is the effect. Like, he would have had the fat, thick neck during... Because he was in the band for 20 years, but obviously he's not been doing that workout so much. Who would, who would have thought that burglary and assault would be the thing that gets you out of ca Cannibal Corpse? I mean, they eat people. It's the name <laughs> of the band. <laughs> You would think they'd be like, yeah, burglary or assault, uh, promotion. Well, I mean, also, um, I wonder if, uh, if they're going to have him back. After, Reunion tour. <laughs> after he's done some jail time. I mean, if people sort of have a... a I mean, if people have some sort of issues and go, well, I don't think it's right you got back the guy that was, uh, you know, lunging at cops with a dagger while he was high on something and was, uh, you know, burned his own house down and was trying to burgle his neighbor's house. Cannibal Corpse could always go, 
Yeah, but we're not iced earth. <laughs> I was going to say, him and that guy need to form a super group. Well, actually, I got a three. What about this as a three piece, right? The guy from Cannibal Corpse, okay. the one who tried to uh, the one who tried to burn his house down right. and was burglaring his, his Pat O'Brien, uh, right? Pat O'Brien, yeah. Say it by name, <laughs> Pat O'Brien. Put some respect on his name. Well, I was thinking that he could do it, 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 after he comes out of jail. You know, sometimes when band members of bands that really no one cares about they fall out, and then you get two versions. Like right. there, there wasn't enough of a fan base to, to sustain one, and then suddenly you get two. You could get Cannibal Corpse, and then. Pat O'Brien's cannibal corpse, right? right? Either that or he'll be like, we're now burglary and assault corpse. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's good. And he'd be like, if you're sick of hearing about the claw machine <laughs> and the kids' charities, come see Pat O'Brien's cannibal corpse. We're going to do some real burning and stabbing. Oh, God. I'm in. <laughs> so who else is in this group? The guy from Iced Earth. Right. And do you remember the guy from As I Lay Dying who got busted because he tried to hire a hitman to kill his wife? Do you yes. know that story? He is in. This is, these are the, this is the death metal Crosby Steals Natch. <laughs> once, the, once they add Young, will be once Marilyn Manson joins the group. <laughs> Write this down as I don't know if it's a billion dollar idea. Uh, we should definitely get a couple grand. We should definitely it. do the Lady Gaga. You got Gaga show before we move on to this right, in right. terms of in terms of priorities for making money. But um, yeah, I, I feel like uh, we, we might be onto something. I can just imagine him doing YouTube videos, going Pat O'Brien's Cannibal Corpse. Ask for it by name, as he's like got a dagger. You know, we don't help kids. We eat kids. Right! <laughs> Write that down. Yeah, That's right. That's the perfect slogan. <laughs> yeah, I can totally, totally see that being a thing. So, again, who knew that Cannibal Corpse were going to be so newsworthy? They've been around for 20-odd years, and then suddenly we start talking about them on Did You America, and you can't move for Cannibal Corpse news. You're welcome, Cannibal Corpse. Our powers are too strong at this one. I think it's time we give this a try. I'm just going to throw this out there. This week... Jeremy will win the lottery. It's now out there. Let's see what happens. I think we've got a better chance of Pat O'Brien's Cannibal Corpse 2025 tour once I'll he gets, it, once he gets out of jail. The Ask for it by name! <laughs> <laughs> One more thing to do before we go. Uh, thanks to uh, Esteban who uh, sent me this. Don't forget, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can at didyouamerica.com or you can uh, talk to me via my Twitter where I'm at Ian Canfield. Uh, I especially love it when uh, the listeners do some show prep for us, so I have to make less effort. Uh, well, that so was our original idea for the podcast was people were going to send us topics, but that never happened. Was that our original yeah, idea? Yeah, we originally pitched this when we were talking about it. We were like, you know, they're going to get involved and they're going to come up with ideas and we'll talk on those topics and that just never happened. So we the, just want to rant the, on the, our the, own the, shit. The, the idea was let them do the work yeah. for us. All right, well, Esteban getting us back on track right. with this. With, with, <laughs> Let's with, get back to that. You guys do the work. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about if it. If you'd like to do the work, you can send it to uh, didyouamerica.com or uh, at Ian Canfield on Twitter. I expect a full report on my desk in the morning. Um, he said, uh, I thought you might like to talk about this on uh, Did You America? And it is the story about the St. Louis country radio DJ who got a radio tattoo on his arm, as oh, no. in the logo of the country station that he was working for in St. Louis, and then got fired one week later. Oh, God. 
at least at least he got fired and they didn't like rebrand the station so like he had to then get another tattoo next to it like at least now he can just cover it up well i always look for a different angle for these kind of things and i was thinking is there a way of giving this guy the benefit of the doubt and i thought because here's the thing People get fired in radio all the time. It is the craziest industry, right? There's always a joke that if you're a jock on the radio, never buy a house anywhere because you never actually end up staying in one place. At least a few people do, but they are really the exception to the rule. Um, So if you're not supposed to ever buy a house anywhere because the radio industry is so insecure, then the idea of having your radio station's logo tattooed on your arm when you've been there less than a year is probably the dumbest thing to do. But I was thinking, benefit of the doubt, is this just a novel way to get some publicity? He could see that his time was probably ticking. There were going to be changes at the radio station there are loads of radio people out of work at the moment. He's going to need a new job soon. So how does he make himself stand above all of the other unemployed radio people? You know what? I'll get the logo tattooed. And th- and if he's super smart, he's already talking to another radio station in the market because this wasn't just a local radio story. This was in the New York Post. So he's become national news right. as a result of doing this. If he's super smart, he's talking to a rival radio station in the market and he's probably got an endorsement for laser removal already, like to get rid of the tattoo yeah. to, you know, to launch the new show and all that kind of stuff. And then you could say that you should never judge a book by its cover, but then I looked at the picture of this bloke and I thought, no, fuck that, this bloke's an idiot. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Okay, do, uh, can you tell from the photo, does he have, like, is he covered in tattoos or is that his only tattoo? It's the only tattoo that I could see. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah, that guy's an absolute idiot. Now, <laughs> I'd understand if he was covered in tattoos because you know like then you have so many that you can afford one or two dumb ones now like me i you would assume because of how dumb i am with every other aspect of my life that i would be covered in tattoos but i don't have a single one and that's because a i have a very low pain tolerance right i know no matter what i'm gonna be the little girl screaming in the chair and probably will end up tapping out halfway through the tattoo and i just have some dumb half tattoo on my leg (laughs) but b because i've never had any you know there's nothing that i'm like so passionate about that i want Put on my butt. I'm not gonna put a giant pot leaf on my chest for the rest of my life. Right. You know. So I like that. That if there was anything, the one that's thing. the epicenter. The one of, thing. That's the epicenter of your passion. <laughs> when you decided that you didn't want a pot leaf tattoo, nothing else came close as a contender. But I could tell you this: I would never, and regardless of the job I had, I would never get a tattoo of the job I had anywhere on me. Like, who likes their job that much that they're gonna put it on them for the rest of my, especially a radio job man i tell you radio jobs are so uh insecure i'm not going to tell you the station um but i i was working in a building one time with a bunch of stations and um uh one particular station had been on air for a couple of years and they'd uh, spent quite a bit of money on what was a, a very big impressive looking sign for the station's logo in the studio right right and uh, me and one of the other jocks to wind up the current jock on air. This is the first day that this big new sign has been put up in the studio. We go into the studio and she says to us, oh, did you see our sign? And we go like, oh, yeah. 
And then we started discussing it as if we were measuring it up. And we basically went, yeah, so if you were to remove that word, you could keep that bit of the logo and do that and da 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 And basically, this station becomes oldies overnight. Because <laughs> like, how can we fix she, this? <laughs> she, was, she was basically saying, uh, you know, obviously the station's going to be around for a while because they spent a lot of money on this sign. And we were going... Oh, the sign can stay. You can just <laughs> change it. You can just it, yeah. change it this way, you know. And and to be fair, I mean, we were only semi-joking, but that kind of thing, like it happens with with radio all the time. Some people, some of the people that are the being considered to be the greatest bosses in radio in terms of the results that they get, those people quite often have such crazy stories about the way in which they fired people that these stories became become radio folklore because getting fired in radio is such a regular occurrence. I work for a guy in the UK who's actually, he's terrifying, but was one of my favorite radio bosses. I learned so much of what I know about doing radio from him. Um, he took out one of his presenters who was one of the biggest names on his station, had been on it for probably a good 15 years. This guy used to do bits of TV in the UK. He was a very well-known presenter. Okay. The guy running the radio station just decided that even though he was you know, still good in the ratings, that they were going to start coming down and that you know, the guy's sort of like peak time was over. So he took the guy out to lunch and the, the jock just thinks he's having a lunch with the boss. And then at the end of lunch, when the check comes, the guy who's the boss pulls out his wallet and the jock thinks that the boss is about to pay, right? And uh, the guy says to the, the jock, you're a football fan, aren't you? And the jock goes, yes. And the big boss pulls a red card from his wallet and oh goes, so you'll know what this means. It's a red card, you're off. <laughs> That's incredible. Dude, please tell me he then made him pay for the dinner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. As a result of bringing out my joke red card, I seem to have left my credit card at the office. <laughs> I mean, totally worth it. There's only so much space in my wallet. <laughs> That's incredible. That same boss. They used to have a big uh, building on a big uh, main street in London with a huge reception area. It was a big, big, big top 40 station. Everyone listened to it. And um, their branding was first class. And this building was a high rise, it was very, very impressive. So around the reception area, because it was in such a central London location, the, the building had this huge logo out the front for the radio station. And they had these giant size um, foot to toe, uh, like cardboard cutouts of the jocks in the windows, but like massive, right. you know, because a lot of people, a lot of foot traffic, a lot of people walking past and everything yeah. like that. And one day, one of the jocks goes into work, walks in through the reception area and notices that his giant cardboard cutout is no longer in the window and goes to the big boss before he's about to go on air and says, uh, I don't know if we're doing some decoration, but I just wanted to let you know that um, I've noticed on the way in today that the giant cardboard cutout of me is no longer in the window. And the big boss goes, no, it's not. You should speak to your agent about that. Oh, my God. I mean, he should have just assumed the moment that his, his sign was no longer in the window. Like, I just probably shouldn't come into the office today. <laughs> Clearly, this is how this guy likes to fire people. <laughs> there was one time he fired a bunch of backroom staff and called them all cabs to take them home. <laughs> well, at least he gave them a ride. 
<laughs> right. I got them a ride. I'm, I'm guessing he didn't pay for those cabs. Yeah, at the end, they get billed for the, for, for the ride. The, 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 the cab driver's like, yeah, that'll be 20 pounds, please. So, yeah, there's plenty of... Um, stories about people being fired in crazy ways from radio stations and anyone who works in radio has either had this happen to them or knows a bunch of stories about people that it has happened to it is the most insecure industry you could possibly be in like Sometimes when people come to me that are at school or at college or whatever and they think they want to be in radio and they'll ask if I've got any advice, my advice is always this. Do something else. <laughs> do anything else. Yeah, you got me a little late on that one. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, need a, you need to give that guy a call and just ask him, be like, what's, uh, what's the latest good firing story that you have? You already know he's going to be like, oh, you're not going to believe this. I made this guy get a tattoo of the radio station. <laughs> and right after he was done getting that tattoo, I fired him. Yeah, you know what? This was a station in St. Louis, but I need to investigate if someone from London radio has been doing some consultancy. <laughs> <laughs> He's just going through his list. He's like the red card, taking the cardboard cutout away. Hmm, tattoo. I don't think I got around to that one. I, uh, I have a friend, this is a random tattoo story. He, uh, my college roommate, uh, my freshman year, he wanted to get his first tattoo. And, uh, he, he was from Vegas and it was actually a really cool tattoo. He got one of our friends who was an artist to design. It was a, what's the word called where it reads one thing one way and like something else the other way. Oh, I know. There's a word for it, but so it said Vegas one way and it said home going the other way. And, uh, this, my roommate was... Let's say he was a little bit of a drug addict at the time. So Xanax was heavily involved in him getting this tattoo. And as I said before, tattoos hurt on the inside of your arm right there, especially hurt. Yeah. So he decided, I'm going to take a whole bunch of Xanax before I get this tattoo, and then I won't feel a thing. Not the idea you should do before getting your first tattoo, I'll say that. Because he not only doesn't remember anything of the actual situation, but apparently having that in his system had some sort of odd effect to where it he didn't lose feeling during the tattoo. But the moment the tattoo was over, everything hit him. And because he was so sloppy, he fell on the tattoo multiple times that night and then forever just had a scratch. Oh, tattoo. my God. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I was always, uh, still am kind of fascinated with tattoos. I, I'm the same as you. I don't, uh, I don't like needles. Needles, are, the only two things that I'm really scared of are dogs and needles, like needles second. Yeah. Um, and I know that it's a different, I'm talking about hypodermic needle. My worst thing is a blood test or right, you know, right. getting a jab or something like that. Even though when you, most of the time you get a jab for something, you barely even notice it, but it's the idea of it. Um, so not even pain or the discomfort i don't mind that it's just that just thinking about needles now makes me go a bit like Ugh. yeah and i know the the tattoo needle is completely different but in my mind like in needles and needles so i've always stayed away from it but i've never managed to get a straight story out of people that have got tattoos about how uncomfortable it is because some people i know are really into tattoos and they go oh it can be so painful but they're so into the artistic side of it that they just keep on getting more and there's other people i know that go oh you know it's just a bit bit of a burn one of my mates who is he's pretty crazy and it well he has god fuck 666 tattooed in the back of his head as one does it's kind of crazy <laughs> it's a tad i remember getting drunk with him one day and he goes 
I'm asking him about the pun. It was after, I'm like, that can't have, in the back of your head. Yeah. I mean, what it says, <laughs> one thing. And so, but then I'm thinking, if you're the type of person that's going to have Godfuck666 tattooed in the back of your head, maybe you're numb to everything at that point. Right. Like, I, I, I don't know. So I'm kind of asking him with intrigue and I'm saying, you know, I haven't, still haven't got any tattoos and I'm asking him about, you know, how much it hurts. And he goes, um, give me your arm. So he literally grabs my arm, pulls out his lighter, right? And basically lights the lighter so it's near my arm. And he's like, you feel that? And I said, yeah. And he went, about 45 minutes of that for a tattoo on your upper arm. Bit of burning. See, it's fine. Stop being a wuss. See, that's the issue is no one's ever honest about the tattoo. No one ever comes out and like, oh my God, it hurts so fucking bad. I screamed the entire time. I'm never doing that again. Everyone wants to be the tough guy. Like, oh, I felt like a little pinch. I felt nothing. Or they're the even bigger weirdo and they're like, I just like the pain. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I'm not either of those. I know I'm going to be screaming the entire time. I have one tattoo idea that I want. It's, it's literally for a joke. I literally want to get the words dumb tattoo on my leg. Right. Just so I can tell people, like, oh, God, I got a dumb tattoo once when I was really drunk. And they're like, what is it? And then I show them, it literally just says dumb that, tattoo. For when you're doing stand-up and it's a really bad night. Like, right. no like, jokes are hitting. That's your safety. That's such a dumb joke. And I want it on my body the rest of my life. Right. It shows you how my brain works. <laughs> yeah. I There's one other friend of mine who claims that sometimes they can be so relaxing that she fell asleep during one. But at that point, I said, you know what? You're sounding more crazy than the Godfuck 666 friend. <laughs> right, I, yeah, I, that I, I, stay. I, stay yeah, away from her. Exactly. All right. I think we are done for another episode. Thanks for hanging out with uh, this one. Don't forget, if you want to vote for Song of the Week or talk to us on Twitter, I'm at Ian Canfield on Twitter. There's a Song of the Week poll there. Or you can talk to us via the website. Actually, literally talk to us. If you want to be on the show, go to didyouamerica.com, click be on the show, and then talk at your listening device. And you can send us a voice message if you don't want your voice on the show. You can type us a message uh, also via the website uh, where you can check out old episodes as well. Didyouamerica.com for that stuff. Plus, if you feel so inclined, you can buy one of our lovely Did You America t-shirts. How lovely are they, Jeremy? Oh, so good on your nipples. Didyouamerica.com. That's didyouamerica.com. Did we America? Don't put that pressure on me.